Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. We again have our guest, Jackie. Hi! And you're going to talk more this time. <laughs> I will try. I'm enjoying listening to you guys and hearing your insight, but I will do my best to contribute more to this. It is your first podcast, right? Like ever, uh-huh, like, like ever. Ever. I've never done podcasts <laughs> I mean, before. You know how nervous I was when I first when we first started. I barely remember it. You're a pro now. <laughs> I was like scared and I was scared to say things and But now you're more comfortable yes. with it. It gets better. Jackie just has to do it faster. <laughs> yeah, because I only have a couple days. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of which, today we are talking about Minute 78, which begins with the hag leveraging the boulder towards the dwarfs, and it ends with the dwarfs and a candle crying. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alright, so Jackie. Yes? What do you remember and have to say about this minute? We want you to get your stuff out before we start okay. stealing the show. <laughs> well, it is your show, so... Yes, but we get to do it every day. That's a fun job. So... If only it could be a full-time thing. I wish. That's the it dream. Is, it is one of his biggest dreams. I would love to podcast full-time and like be profitable. Mm-hmm. It'd be so great. Anyway, Jack. Okay. I'll, like, the main thing that I thought was like really strange about this next minute was her wording when she's leveraging the rock. I'll fix ya. I'll fix you. I'll crush your she's bones. She's gonna fix it. She's gonna fix it. But she's gonna crush their bones. bones. Yes. So it's like that'll fix her entire situation. Yeah. So maybe that's what she's talking about. She's talking to herself oh. and not the dwarves. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Or that also made sense. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I'm like that contradicts each other. Breaking someone's bones and fixing. And but it fixes her problem fixing. of them chasing after her. Yeah, I think really what they're getting at is, like, it it's a phrase, like, it's a colloquial phrase to fix someone is to, like, yeah. teach them a lesson or to get them with physical violence. Yeah. Just not a phrase that, like, I it, use on a daily basis. <laughs> it's also, like, um, if people say, like, that'll learn ya. I haven't heard that Never one. Never heard that one. Oh, well, Me that's a thing, like... If it's like, well, that'll teach you a lesson. Like, okay. that, that'll that learn you. That'll learn you? Yeah. Never heard that. Well, Me it's a colloquial phrase, and I'm a words person, so it's real. Okay. Take your um, word for it. But yeah, so I think that's what she's getting at as she says, this'll fix ya, I'll fix ya. Okay. And I think she's just kind of getting into the moment as she's working this boulder. Um, spoiler, it doesn't work out for her. Oh, snap! Oh no! So she's like, Gasp. she's like going for this, and the dwarves are climbing mm. up the mountain. We haven't talked much about the dwarves in the last couple no. of minutes. They've gone through a few different like permutations of weaponry. Like yes! at first, Grumpy was the only one with a stick while he was riding one of the deer, and then they got on the on the rocks, and then they all had sticks, and then they had different sticks, and all of a sudden, Grumpy but- had a stick that like bifurcates and looks like a slingshot kind of stick. And so you've got, like, I don't know what's going on with that. It's probably just different animators doing the, the brief Pro- shots. Probably. Uh, and the shots go by so quick that yeah. most people would yeah. recognize like they're just, yeah. they're just clamoring over these but rocks I, very, very quickly. I did notice 
At least, as far as I could tell, Dopey did not have a weapon. I saw him with a stick in one of the in like in the last of, shot. In the last shot, yeah, he's the ones got that one I was bifurcated ones. I think. The one that I was mostly paying attention to, he did not have any sort of weapon. Yeah, so I think he picked one up as as they were going Climbing. up. But then, so she's like <coughs> she's like prying the rock loose, and you see the rocks at its base coming loose, like it's yeah. ready to go. It's and Dopey go. like yeah. stops him. Not far under it. And he says, watch out. Watch out. But they can't he, really, the, like, they can't, they can't move, move out of the way. And the way he's, he's, he turns around, the way he mm-hmm. turns around and looks at the dwarves, it's almost like he's going to, like, take it all on himself. And he's like, going to try not, and not, not save Not entirely, them. but, like, he, he's, he wants I mean, it's just like, them. it's a protective gesture. A it's bit. just like when you're in a car, and even though people have seatbelts on, if you stop suddenly, sometimes you stick your arm out. Yeah. You stick your right arm out, because we're in the United States, you stick your right arm out to, like, cover whoever is there, even though, like, it's not going to do more than the seatbelt. Yeah. So, I don't know why, but we do it. Right. So, I'm, I'm sure it was just one of those kinds of motions. Like, this instinctive protection thing. Yeah. But then, what happens? There's a huge, huge bolt of lightning! It's huge! It's really Did big. you see that? Mm-hmm. It's like... Huge. I don't even know how to describe it. I was like, is that Zeus? Like, <laughs> just Zeus firing down his fury. <laughs> saying, no, you are not killing these dwarves. They're gonna, this, I'm gonna kill you. And what? I mean, the lightning bolt doesn't strike her directly. It strikes the stones. Yeah. Strikes the rock that she's on. Crackles uh, it. Yeah. If that's um, and, and she falls. Uh, like, the, so the the so, lightning so strikes. the lightning strikes the stone. The stone breaks. The ledge portion where she's on, not what the big rock is on, exactly. And then she falls. And then the big rock rolls back, and I assume lands on her. Yes, but she probably already. Oh, she's almost certainly dead. I will tell you about that in a minute. But I believe you have more notes about the lightning strike and some no, of the animation. No, it's about the. The, the witch's death. Oh, okay. Well, okay. We'll go with that, and then I'll talk about how she's definitely dead. Well, mine ties into the Grimm's version. That's fine. Okay. So it says in the book, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the creation of a classic, that, and I'm quoting it, her demise is no less awful than in the Grimm's version, and far more visually striking, as these vivid paintings suggest, which is... Some of the storyboards and Some of the storyboards, but they look pretty similar to what the the actual movie looks like. Uh, But, so, says her demise is no less awful than in the Grimm's version. Mm -hmm. How does she die in the Grimm's version? Do you have a version of it? Forced to dance to her death in rod-hot iron shoes. Red-hot iron shoes, yes. That's yes, red-hot, not rod-hot. <laughs> in the, the Grimm's version that I have, at the wedding, so this is after, and this is again, the, the queen, the, the hag, doesn't have much interaction with the dwarfs. Um, at Snow White's wedding, she is there, and they heat up some iron shoes, and then they put them on her feet, and she dances until she dies, trying to not burn her feet, I guess. It's a very, like, it's a very typical Grimm's fairy tale right. ending. Um, I would say that is a little more gross and grim than the ending that they have here, but 
it would not have been like as visually satisfying as this like crash of thunder and the stones falling, and it would have taken longer to set up. Yeah. And she's... Also, it has so much more personal malice. Whereas this yeah. is like a divine um, expression of, of judgment on her for being wicked. It's a karmic like, like, kind of situation. Yeah, it's karma. <laughs> That's what I wrote down. But also, with if, if, if it is Zeus, but it's probably not, but like it's all going back to her just dying because she doesn't deserve to live after what she's done to this poor innocent 14-year-old. Louder. But then she, she she's screaming as she's falling. And before you get into what you mm-hmm. have to say about all that, I was one because when we, we, we timed it. Yes. yes timed we timed the scream. And it stops. And she stops screaming. Um... After how many seconds? 4.75 Four. seconds. Yeah. Almost five seconds. <laughs> yes. And, but then there's a bolt, or a bolt of lightning and a crash of thunder at the same time, just briefly after that. And I was wondering if she, if that was maybe when she landed. Was supposed to land? Or. I didn't catch that, so I don't know. Or is So it's like the same thing as what we were talking about a couple days ago with the raindrop signifying Matching that was her fault. Because okay. then, like, the queen has had a connection to lightning and thunder yes. more or less on her command or as she experiences extreme emotions. So it could be matching or is it, her death. Or is it when the the boulder falls on her? Or is it when... Or is it, like, a symbol of she is dead now, like the canon in The Hunger Games? I think it's for each just kind of a symbolic thing. It's like, this is... Well, and it... I mean, it's a satisfying just experience to have all of those sounds. And then the music kind of wraps up and ends, too. Right. So this whole sequence is, I think, more structured over, like, just a musical audio experience than a definitive symbolic experience regarding her death. But the music is symbolic of her death, too. Okay. So I think that's kind of how it all adds up. Is they're just doing all of these different things to say, like, and she's dead. And then the vultures come in. Yes. Yes. But before that, okay. she is definitely dead because we timed it at 4.7 seconds or so of falling is equivalent to, it should um, break out to, at least according to the the website I checked for like falling velocity and stuff, mm-hmm. it said four seconds should equal about 350 feet. Holy cow. And her velocity would reach about uh, 103 miles per hour. Holy cow. By the time she hit it. I'm going to double check this just to be sure. That sounds painful. It sounds kind of fast, but it's 32 feet per second per second. So um, every every second she falls, she falls 32. So in the first second she falls, she falls 32 32 feet. feet. And then in the second second she falls... um, she falls um, 64 feet. feet. So that gets us to 90-something. Yeah. And then the third second she falls is, um, let's see, she's fallen three times. So, you know, it's tricky. Right. But, yeah. it's That's crazy. Yeah, double-checking everything. At at the end, she's going 
150 feet yeah. per second. And what's, yeah. at, what's at the bottom? Rocks? Probably rocks. Possibly water. But um, at 350 feet... No matter what she... Yeah, like, like... I think... I looked this up earlier for some reason. What were we For looking? something. There was um, something. And... Oh, it was the when she fell into the water um, in the oh, in the Snow swamp White. when Snow White fell, uh, which I don't remember how far that was. I would have to go back through my notes and look, but we timed that, and I tried to look up what like the world record for cliff jumping was to land in water safely. And you know, cinematic falling is not necessarily the same as actual falling, mm-hmm. but especially in animation. But three hundred and fifty yeah. feet is pretty much unsurvivable, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty far. I don't think that's survivable at all. Well, especially if there's going to be a ginormous folder that comes on top of you. There's no way it's survivable. Yeah. <laughs> Unless somehow you're able to escape the boulder's crash by, like, two seconds. But then also if the boulder's velocity is going to be the same, then it's like you have yeah. a very slim Assuming, amount of time. I mean, she was, at the very least, probably broken and then crushed. Yeah. You know, if she wasn't mm-hmm. dead upon initial impact, then the boulder certainly finished it off. Right. Um, and even if she wasn't dead on immediate impact, she was almost certainly dead from the damage done in a pretty short while. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever she has broken, there's probably internal bleeding. She's just not going to last long. It's just how it is. And we get the symbolism of the vultures. Who vultures. watch all of this quite expectantly. There's a there's a moment it might have been in in yesterday's minute where they have their mouths open and they're like, ha This is <laughs> yeah. gonna happen. We're so excited. And then, this is gonna end well for us. <laughs> and, then, and then after she falls, they just like stretch their necks down for Staring. again, four whole seconds. We timed it. Yeah we did. They're just like stretching their necks down. They're like, yeah. You fall. You go fall. <laughs> and so it's a weirdly long sequence to linger, just on vultures stretching their necks downward. Um, I have a note about the vultures. Okay. First off, they, like, in the Snow White Scary Adventure ride at Disneyland, yeah. they seem to have, like, a bigger role, role than they do the ride. here. I don't remember it. It's true. I don't remember the vultures so much. Oh, I'm trying to remember the ride. It's been a while. They, I mean, like they're they're just there, but they, they they're kind there of, more often. It, I think so. Mm-hmm. I just remember my sister um, mentioning like the vultures. They're not really a big part of the whole movie. I mean, they're a big part of but, the last ten minutes. But yes, they're a big part of the last ten minutes. Uh, however, um, or in the same going on with the that. Uh, there, after the release of the film in 1938, mm-hmm. uh, there was a cell, uh, um, a cell setup. So basically a, a painting of an original artwork of the vultures right. that was, uh, ha- displayed at New York's, um, New York Metropolitan Museum of Art. Mm-hmm. And um, it's not exactly clear whether it was the one where they're on the branch right as they're about to take off, so Monday to Tuesday. Earlier minutes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, of or this if week, it was this one. Or if it was this minute of them, like, di- about to dive down. You can probably figure it out. But um, all it says is it's very similar to this one, which is... In the book. In the book, which is the them about to take off. 
Yeah. But I mean, you'd be able to tell because they're on two separate branches when they're by the cliffside. Right. And a single branch yes. by the cottage. But I, I was like, I want to see that. I want to see that. I do want to see that. <laughs> and that's, that's what I wanted to say about that before we move, ever moved on from the vultures. If anyone has anything else to say about them. Besides, they're no. very, very creepy as they're leaving I, their necks. I, well, I believe this is probably going to be the last time in the movie we see him, and I'm very grateful. Yeah. <laughs> they creep um, me out. <laughs> also, it's a really interesting transition um, as they, as the vultures descend and they just kind of spiral downward, the film kind of gets foggy, and it's, a, it's kind of a dreamlike um, fade. But we know what they're going to do. Yes. But it's an interesting transition that they haven't used a lot to do this kind of um this kind of foggy film over over everything, making it a little fuzzy and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the last time. I think they have used it in the film. They used fog in the mirror. Right. In the magic but, mirror, but, but also, this kind of like this distortion um, fog, not with- so much. Maybe a little bit during, as the hags walking through the, from the, the, the But that river. was like fog fog. This is like, like condensation getting on your window. Like a fogged up window. The potion in the lab? I'm thinking maybe the potion. Maybe when she was transforming. It, it feels like something they've done before. If not here, it's certainly something that Disney's done in other movies. Um, and I'd say probably more often dealing with kind of dream sequences. Mm-hmm. But it's... It's a good effect, and it helps end this scene and just kind of descend everything into darkness. And they kind of linger on the dark screen for a few seconds as they transition to the interior of the cottage where the dwarves are, where the the dwarves are morning Snow White. They've got her set up in a bed in the cottage, and they've got some candles around, and you've got this um, this somber organ music, mm-hmm. which. I'm now realizing why that music was familiar. It reminds me a lot of the somber rainstorm organ music in the Robin Hood that they play in the church. It's got the same kind of organ, church organ tone to it. But before we... I just... I forgot to mention this because I skipped over my notes. I skipped over my notes. So before we go on to the, the cottage... Uh, there, I, yesterday I mentioned that there, we mentioned a moment that was similar to Lion King. Mm-hmm. And I said that there was going to be another moment, uh, for today that reminds me of Lion King. Okay. And it's of the dwarves looking over the, the edge of the, the cliff at, when snow, when the... Yeah, when the queen... Did the dwarves look over the edge did? of the cliff? Did you miss that? I don't remember. We watched this several times. I don't remember that at all. I they remember did. The, yeah, they did. I remember the vultures. First it's Grumpy and then everybody else follows. And Grumpy has a longer beard than he usually mm. does. Yes. But that's besides the point. That moment reminds me of Simba looking over the cliff when after Scar has fallen down and before Scar is attacked by the hyenas. Hmm. Okay. It's just been blown. <laughs> I don't remember it. If you had asked me, I would say that the dwarves weren't seen again after their after Grumpy stopped them um, until nope, the bedside visit. They were totally there. I remember. Thank you, Jackie. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> you guys say so. Um, 
I, I, I doubt it was an actual shout out in Lion King to this moment, but well, maybe. Yeah. But it, 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 I, I think it looks very similar to it. Yes. I trust you. But oh, now yeah. we can move on to the cottage. The cottage. Yeah. The somber. Yeah, so they have yes. they have the bedside vigil with some candles. And there's a shot right at the end of this minute where three of the dwarves are in screen and there's a candlestick uh, in the foreground. And they're all crying and then the candle drips some wax. And it looks just like the tears that are yeah. being animated on the dwarves. So even the candles are crying for Snow White. When we watch the these minutes with the subtitles... It said the uh, organ or something along the lines of an organ playing mourn a mournful tune, or something like that. And in the book Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs: A Creation of Classic, it says that the song that they called this this tune was the chorale for Snow White. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they would call it a chorale. What is that C C H O R A L E? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I mean I'm sure it's just like a particular like a arrangement of music, a way but you arrange music. Usually it involves some kind of chorus. Yeah. But would it be like typically a church sort of chorus? Because yeah, they could be going be. with like well it's a, a church organ. Um, Maybe. That's the best I've got. Um, yeah. I don't do music theory. You yeah, do that, music yeah, that's, theory. That's us. That's Kestra that's, and Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. where we come in. <laughs> so I don't have an explanation, and I'm all out of notes. That's that's my last note. I'm right there with you. Then we'll close it out. Listeners, please find us on Facebook. Go to the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society or damsels. You can also share us with your friends or family members or co-workers or acquaintances or distant relatives, uh, anyone that you might run into. So you can talk to, talk to them about this podcast and your love of Disney stuff. Most importantly, please come back tomorrow for more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Until then, just whistle while you work. Bye.